What's up, everybody? What's going on? I am your host, Blake Haggett. We are here at the Yes Show, the Young Entrepreneur Show, where we meet, talk with visionaries and leaders of today's time, how we're going to innovate, how we're going to change the world. So stay tuned. Check us out. Welcome back to another episode of the Yes Show. Today, I have a special guest on the show, Christian Heiner. So special. So special. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, man. Happy to be here. Talking about this for a while. Uh, Christian is a co-owner of Stack Rappers. I am. And uh, I will pass it off to him to give himself a little kudos, uh, short snippet of who you are, what you've done. Sure. Yeah. So as Blake said, um, I am co-founder, co-owner of a landscape architecture firm called Stack Rock Group. Um, we're based here in Boise, Idaho. We have an office in Salt Lake City, and we design sustainable, high-performance places all over the country. Wow. Um, soon to be all over the world. We have a client who is talking real big about taking us to Spain, which would be bananas. So uh, super excited about that. Um, you know, like I said, I, I own a landscape architecture firm, but I'm not a landscape architect. Um, I grew up in landscaping, uh, landscape construction. I worked for a landscape contractor from the time I was 15 until I graduated from Boise State University. So uh, having everything kind of come full circle is, yeah. is super funny for me. Never thought I would be back in landscaping, you know, this, this kind of industry. But, you know, here, here I am. Um, my, back, you know, my educational background, I, I studied communication journalism in, in college at Boise State. Um, but for some reason, I've, I, I chose the construction industry to be in for, you know, for my, my profession. My, I come from a long line of sales and marketing folks and entrepreneurs, um, you know, but most of my family is in you know, the food space, the food okay. industry. And for whatever reason, I chose construction. And they, uh, they thought I was nuts, but I, <laughs> but I did. And Because you know, growing up in landscaping, it's just, it's just kind of what's always felt comfortable. Like I like you know, building stuff and being around people who build stuff and design stuff and, you know, and kind of like mowing the lawn, you know, like for me, like I can drive down the street and, and remember, Hey, I installed the sprinklers on that, on that building when I was 19 years old, you know, and still to this day, I can see that. And with stuff that we design at Stackard Group, I can drive through Salt Lake city and park city and, you know, here in Boise and see stuff that, Hey, we designed that, man. I was, I, I helped make that thing happen. Yeah. You know? So, so it's, it's a really like sense of like, you know, fun pride, like just, you know, to see the stuff like that. Credibility. Yeah. And like, you're like, Oh, I did that. Yeah, totally. You know? We, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we did that. Yeah. So, yeah. So my, you know, my background is, like I said, you know, education wise, um, communication, journalism. Um, and I, and I chose this crazy ass industry for some reason. Um, you know, my first real job out of college, I, I, I was, it was a pretty hardcore sales gig. I was a sales, uh, territory sales rep for a power tool manufacturer. Okay. And, uh, my client was Home Depot's. And so no I, way. yeah, so I spent my time in a pickup truck driving to every single Home Depot store in Idaho, um, most of Utah, Montana and Alaska. And I just, I called on Home Depot stores and my job was to get them to buy more drills, to buy more pressure washers. I, I worked for this one manufacturer and uh, yeah, that, that, that was my client. Was Home That's Depot. crazy. So yeah. when was it at the point where you started and had the interest of starting the Stack Rock Group? Was it after that sales it was, job? It was, way, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was way after that. Yeah. So, you know, did, did the, you know, in the, the company I worked for doing that huge, huge company, um, and, and I got a, a real education in the corporate world pretty quick. Where What were some of the things that you took away from that experience? Um, I don't like being a number. When you work for a big, you know, a huge corporation with tens of thousands of employees, man, you are a number. And the people who make decisions could give a shit about you. Like, they don't <laughs> yeah. care about you. They care about numbers. They care about shareholders, um, which, which I mean, is fine. That's, that's how that world works. But for me, that's, that did not work well for me. Yeah. Um, after having that job for a couple years, um, another huge, a, a bigger, bigger company bought the company I worked for, flew everybody from my company to Phoenix, so put us all in a conference room, and laid us all off. 
with literally with wow. a PowerPoint presentation. I mean, there were hundreds of us in this room. All all the sales reps like me across yeah. the country put us in a, put us in a a conference room, showed us a PowerPoint slide, and here's where you send your tools. Here's where you send your trucks. Here's where here's how your severance works. If you've been here for this amount of time, you get this much money and this much money. If you've been there this much time, thanks. Enjoy your trip home. And I mean, it was like ten minutes. Like it was, wow. and they flew all these people here for a ten minute presentation on how we don't have jobs anymore. And I was, you know, I <laughs> wake was wake up call. Yes, seriously. So that was a huge wake up call for me on like how the corporate world works. Because mm-hmm. yeah, like I said, I mean, they don't give a shit, and that that did not work well for me. Um, after that, ended up uh, you know still here in Boise, working for a, a company called Tate's Rents, um, locally owned, family owned company. A bunch, you know, 10, 11 now. Um, tool, you know, tool rental stores. Yeah. So, so my clients doing that, you know, it was similar to what I was doing before, but I was, you know, so I was, but I wasn't just calling on home depots, you know, I was calling on contractors, owners, developer, you know, all, all types of contractors, you know, manufacturing plants, just trying yeah. to put the right tools and equipment in people's hands. Okay. And, you know, so I started off doing that um, by the end, by, you know, a couple of years in, I ended up being sales manager of that mm-hmm. company. And, and still pretty, I mean, I, I mean, it was very little, you know, marketing, it was sales. Yeah. It was, you know, on job sites, on home building sites, like in manufacturing plants, just going where clients were mm-hmm. and getting, you know, renting them forklifts and backhoes and excavators, you know, and scissor lifts and just all the tools and equipment they needed to do their jobs. Yeah. And, and, and which was awesome. I mean, there, there's relationships I still have today, dudes that I work with all the time that I met because of that job. So let's jump into that a little bit yeah. and highlight that because I think in the entrepreneurial world is relationships are so important. Without a doubt. So what are some things that you would, you know, pitch out to those listeners today that are, you know, let's say that 16 to 24 year old range. What yep. is some ways to harvest good relationships? Maybe some are going to college. Maybe some aren't. Mm, sure. What are some relationship tips and to harvest those relationships? Don't take, never take for granted, like who you're talking to. I mean, you know, in most sales books you read, it'll tell you, you know, you know, you know, if you're selling cars, the dude that comes in in dirty jeans is probably the richest dude you'll ever talk to. Yeah. I mean, but that, but that's super true. I mean, there were dudes that I was working with back in the day, you know, working for, you know, big construction companies that back then, you know, this was... 10, 15 years ago now. And so these, these were dudes who were like doing the work, yeah. like dudes that, you know, most of the other sales guys, you know, the equipment tool sales guys didn't want to talk to because they're the dudes, you know, down literally in a trench digging and doing stuff. And, you know, I was never above, like I, I was that dude yeah. you know, when I, you yeah, know, when I was in high school and college, I was that dude. Uh-huh. And so I was, I would never not say what's up with those guys. I mean, I don't want to interrupt, you know, I didn't never want to interrupt them. Like, Hey, let's have a conversation about a sister lift, dude. I can see <laughs> yeah. you're busy, but, yeah. but what's it going to take to put you in another sister lift? No, that's not how that would work. You know, but, but I always say, you know, what's up. And I'd always have, you know, a cooler of, you know, Gatorade and stuff in my pickup and be like, Hey man, if you're thirsty, you know, go, go grab a Gatorade or whatever. And dudes, yeah. you know, dudes would dig that. Mm-hmm. And, and from just kind of doing that and being around, you know, you start, you know, I would start to build these relationships. And so, yeah, yeah so advice wise, yeah, don't, you know, don't take for granted who you're talking to. The dude who's, you know, down on that trench, the dude who's up on that scissor left, you know, welding stuff. Like there's a good chance that that dude will be running that company at some point or he will yes. leave there and start his own company. Yep. And so, so don't, you know, don't take those guys for granted. And that's definitely one thing that, that over the years I, I have learned. And, you know, another thing is, you know, whoever you're working for, you know, whether you're, you know, if you're going to school to be an accountant, you know, you want to have your own accounting firm or whatever, and you're waiting tables, like, don't, I don't, I don't know how to say this right. Like, let that, let that restaurant or whoever you're working for, let them pay you to learn stuff and make mistakes. Try to be as assertive as you can. And like, like I said, if you're working for a restaurant, you know, and you're a bartender or a server, like try, work with whoever the CFO is of your restaurant, you know, whoever, yeah. whoever doing that stuff and try to get some experience and let them teach you stuff mm-hmm. like you know what I've learned is it never hurts to ask totally totally 
without a doubt. Yeah. When, you know, when I, when I was a kid and I was working for the, the landscaping company, like I, I knew that I didn't want to be a landscaper my whole life, you know? Mm-hmm. And so the dude I was working for, like I was like, dude, let me help like market you, you know? So I, and this was back before, I mean, this was long before, you know, Instagram and, you know, any social media, like, I mean, when yeah. I was first, I mean, this is, this was like How would you early, it? early to mid nineties. <laughs> right. So I didn't, there wasn't even cell phones. I remember driving around during the day and I would have to like at lunch, go find a pay phone to check in to know like where my next job was no because, way. because there weren't cell phones back yeah. then. Yeah. So it was a whole, whole different game. Back then. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm one of those, whatever. I don't even know what my, you know, I'm not a Gen Xer necessarily, but I'm certainly not a millennial, you know, whatever that gap yeah, in there yeah, is yeah. where I've lived both lives. I mean, I've lived a completely non-digital life mm-hmm. and I live a super pretty hardcore digital life now. And, and that's and really I cool totally about your remember experience, both. you yeah. know? Yeah. 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 So what, yeah. So yeah. So whether you are, you know, in college working just a random job or you are, you know, working for a big company, getting ready to hopefully someday, you know, start your own company doing something similar, let whoever you're working for, let them pay you to learn stuff. Like they are paying you. So make mistakes, learn stuff, get involved and let them pay you to, to learn stuff. I mean, cause for me, you know, the, you know, working for the equipment company and, you know, some other places like they paid me, you know, cause it was my job mm-hmm. and like, I just experimented with stuff. And I mean, especially in the industry that I'm in, like there are very few like trained marketers in architecture, engineering and construction. Oh yeah. And so, you know, I worked for, you know, a couple different contractors and stuff and they didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. You know? And I sort of didn't either. And so <laughs> I was just figuring stuff out as I went and they paid me to learn stuff and experiment yeah. and try stuff. And it's and, funny cause I hear, you hear the slang like fake it till you make it a yeah. lot. And it's, I think it's a, it's not fake it till you make it, but be under the impression that you're going to fail sometimes. Absolutely. But you have to try. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Faking it's not the right word. Like trying super hard until you know exactly what to do. Exactly. Until you make it. Yep. You know? Because you're going to suck at something when it's new. Totally. You know? And you have to be able, and you have to be humble enough to fall down, fall on your face. Without a doubt. You know? Before you can get good at something. Yeah. And then before you can get And it's maybe not even falling down and like super failing. But it's like doing stuff that's not working as well as you would like or doing stuff that like as you're into it, like, dude, I don't understand how this works. Like, you know, maybe it's a new software thing. You're, you know, you're trying to, you know, if you're trying to get your, you know, whatever company you're working for, try to get them on like a CRM or something simple like that. But trying to figure out, you know, how to do that if you've never used a CRM before. Like, shit, how do I set all these people up and all this stuff and get all the information in and just, and just do this? Yeah. You know, so it's not necessarily faking it. It's just figuring it out. Yeah. And that's, and And having the patience to do it too. Totally. And having the patience. Absolutely. Because so many people, man, it doesn't, you know, and I've, you know, I've got friends, I've seen people in business do this where they just don't have the patience and, and you've got to, you know, everybody says, you know, you got to put in the work and, but, it, but it's totally true. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of people say this, you know, kind of cliche stuff because it's totally true, man. I mean, I've got friends who have started businesses, you know, construction businesses and stuff and, and they just don't last because they don't do the stuff that it takes to make it successful. Yeah. And, and if you're going to, and I don't know if it matters if it's a coffee, you know, whatever your business, a coffee stand, you're making candy you know, you're selling construction equipment or landscape architecture stuff. Yeah. Like it's going to take time. Yeah. Like nothing happens overnight and you've got to just put in the work and the time and develop the relationships and really on the, on, you know, kind of on the front and figure out like, okay, who, I mean, just basic marketing, like who are my clients? Yeah. Like who, who is going to pay me to do whatever this thing is? Yep. Figure out who those people are, figure out one, two, three, five, ten problems they have and figure out how to solve those problems for them. Yeah. And then go to them physically, go to them and tell them, Hey, here's, I'm going to solve this problem. You know, and that, and that, and that's where I see so many people, especially in, in, in my space in the architecture, engineering, construction world work where, you know, 
you can be the best concrete guy. You know, I can, you know, put down the best flat work, the best patio stuff, but you know, I'm not going to go call on a general contractor or somebody to try to get work. Like yeah. they just know that I'm good at this. They're not just going to know you're good at it. Exactly. You know, and when we you started, put yourself out there yeah, a little bit too. When we started stack our group, it was, it was very intentional. I mean, so, so to back up a little bit, we, yeah, let's go. We, we, let's we, go we got, we got, no, we got, we, good. we, we got, we got off the, in, in the, the weeds, <laughs> in the weeds. So, yeah. So, you know, I was working, you know, so I ended up as sales manager for this company. I had, uh, four salespeople working for me in, in there for a while, you know, late, you know, 2005 to 2008, um, you know, as the economy was really starting to crash. But right before that, when construction was as hot as it's probably ever been, ever been, Dude, we were printing money. Yeah. Like we were, I mean, we were buying construction equipment as fast as they could make it. And I mean, all of us, I mean, we were literally writing a million dollars a month in, in, in equipment rentals, each, wow. each of us. And, and, and just cranking it because there's so just, much work because there was just so much stuff going on and everybody needed stuff right now. And so, I mean, it was just answering the phone and taking orders. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. And, and, and that was really awesome. And it wasn't too long after that. And this was before everything kind of crashed out or whatever. Yeah. But, I looked in the mirror one morning and the, the company that I was working for, yeah, you know, I was sales manager making good money. I wasn't even, you know, I was late twenties, wasn't even 30 years old yet mm-hmm. and got up one morning, kind of looked in the mirror and, and I don't even know why I started thinking about it, but I'm like, holy shit. Like, I do know why I started thinking about it. Cause there were dudes at that company who would work there for 30 years yeah. and they had done the same job for 30 years. And I got, and I had just all of a sudden one morning kind of had the realization that, you know, I, I great job, good career for sure. But I'm not even 30 years old yet, and I could literally do this same job the rest of my life, mm-hmm. and that scared the shit out of me. Yeah, like because I, I didn't have the last name of the owners. You know, mm-hmm. I was never going to be the owner of this thing. I was never going to progress anywhere higher than where I was. Yeah, and for me, that that is is a you know you put not a, even 30 year old ceiling. dude. Yeah, yeah. I, I hit that ceiling, and it was early. I mean, if I would have been you know, 40 or 50 and, you know, it, it might've been a different deal. I might've just, you know, ri- you know, ride that thing out, <laughs> ride it into the sunset. ride that thing on out. But yeah, but, but yeah, but that's not, that's not my outlook that. Yeah. That's just not, not my mindset at all. So literally I had that epiphany that, holy shit, you know, I, I cannot do this the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I went, I didn't really super have a plan moving forward. I had some ideas of some things I could do. So I, I put in my notice. I went wow. to the, I went to the then CEO and told him, Hey man, you know, t- told him exactly what I just you told you. You were letting go of that before yeah. you had something tangibly to grab yes, onto. I was because, Big be- risk. because yeah, because I was scared, man. I was scared that I'm like, shit, I, I mean, I've seen people, you know, fall into this trap of working for the same place forever and just doing the same thing. And, and I didn't want to be that, 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 yeah. just, that did not feel good for me. Um, so as you know, I was putting in my notice there, I was putting out some feelers of, you know, some other people, you know, where I wanted to be and. You know, and, and it's funny. I see salespeople do this all the time. Where, you know, you know, as a salesperson, you know, I'm calling on you know contractors yeah. for the most part. And so I, so for whatever reason, like, well, I should be on, I should be on that side of things, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like I should be, you know, working for a contractor or be a contractor myself or whatever. And so that's for whatever reason, that's where I decided I wanted to go. I wanted to go work for a contractor because they were my client and they must be making all the money if they're paying me all this yeah, money. Yeah, all this, this stuff. money. Yeah. You know, if you know anything about construction, you know, you know that's not necessarily <laughs> the case. And that's a lesson I had to learn pretty pretty hard. So um, ended up leaving there, leaving the equipment company, went to work for an HVAC contractor, um, which was cool. You know, helping them manage some projects. You know, they hadn't done a ton of you know marketing sales stuff. They had a little, but not a ton. You know, so I started doing that. Started just you know going to stuff. What was it about marketing and sales that that you really enjoyed? Was there any one thing, or was it the part that you get to be you and you as 
good at networking, yes. good at hanging out with people, having a good time creating the experience. Yes. I mean, I mean, I mean that's it. And, and like I said, I mean, I come from a long line of sales and marketing people and it's, it's, it's in my DNA. It's yeah. just kind of what I know. You know, at the end of the day, you know, yeah, I know a lot about construction. I know a lot about landscape architecture and architecture and design and all this stuff, but I'm not any of those things. You know, I'm not an architect. I'm not a landscape architect. I'm not an engineer. Yeah. But I know how to get work for them. Yeah. And, 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 and for me as a salesperson, you know, at the end of the day, I'm a salesperson. And for me, and I know you are the same way, like the thrill of the hunt and closing a deal is the best feeling ever. Oh, yeah. And, I, I, and it, for me, it wouldn't matter if I was slinging cell phones or landscape architecture stuff or whatever it was, you know, backhoes, like closing that deal, like that's the most on top of the world feeling I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Especially when it's one where I've been working on for a long time and chasing and hunting and jumping you know, over the hurdles. Yeah, jumping over the hurdles <laughs> and figuring out stuff and how do I overcome this objection or whatever and, and just getting in the right spot and just, just getting somebody comfortable enough with me and my company and what I'm doing that they're like, all right, cool. Like, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Boom. Like that's the that to me that's that's the best feeling. Like nothing I've ever done compares to that. And securing yeah. that trust within someone else totally, that you're totally. gonna re- provide massive value. Abs- absolutely. And 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 you know, and that's where you know, sales is you know, that's a sales thing for sure. But you know, then my marketing brain kicks in and I can't just, you know, go sell somebody something they don't need. Mm-hmm. You know, that's and that, and that's what's you know, so many sales, you know, so many people who aren't in sales think salespeople are is just Shicers who are out just trying yep. to sell people shit Car they don't want or need. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, and that's not. And, and, and I'm sure there are some industries like that where you know there's people just trying to get get them to buy this thing. I mean, I get you know so many robocalls doing it on my phone and stuff where <laughs> yeah. I know that that is a thing. And do those actually work? By the way, I don't know. It's insane how many. Other, anyway, robocalls. Seriously, yeah, yeah, they, they must work, or these companies wouldn't be paying that much money that's for. That's very it. true. But but yeah, so you know, I've never been you know worked for a company or you know, own my own business or whatever, where I didn't super believe in what I'm doing. And I know that what, especially stack our group, like we create awesome outdoor environments for people. Sometimes it's super rich people who want an awesome, you know, million dollar backyard. Yeah. And we're solving that problem for them. And, and if we're not going to do it, somebody else is, you know, yeah, yeah. so I feel good about that. And, you know, a lot of our clients are, you know, hospitals and healthcare centers. Well, we're designing, you know, really cool therapeutic outdoor spaces for people, for patients, wow. for the families of patients, places for the people to go to, you know, get away. Like, Oh my God, my dad had a heart attack and I don't want to sit in this concrete room and just, just feel awful. Like here's a really cool thing right off the emergency room or whatever, where you can go and kind of get away. And you know, there's all the studies and all the stuff about, you know, just being in nature for even just a few minutes, you know, we'll lower your blood blood pressure and just, just make everything better. Mm -hmm. So, so we, I get to do that and, and go talk to healthcare centers and stuff about that about that, you know, mm-hmm. and that's super fun and super cool. And I'm not trying to sell them something they don't need. You know, sometimes, you know, I'm educating them on this thing that they don't know they need. Yeah. But, yeah. but way you're, more. You're I'm, more of caring about, about the client rather than just their uh, Then just about the sale. You know? Absolutely. Do you believe that every individual is a salesman at least some point? Yes. Like. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. If you've ever gotten a speeding ticket and you're trying to talk yourself out <laughs> of that speeding ticket, you're selling yourself. That's a great example. I mean, <laughs> if you've ever been to a job interview, you're selling yourself on why they should hire you. Yeah. You know, I mean, every, every, at some point, I mean, I mean, there maybe is somebody that's not that trust fund kid that just lives on his yacht or whatever. It's probably never had to sell anything or whatever, but the yeah. vast majority of us, like who are regular people, yeah. like, yes, we are. I mean, everybody's selling Was there anything at some that point. clicked in you, like from a younger age or a book you read that really kind of hammered that into you or was it built on more experience? A little of both. I mean, I, you know, when I, you know, when I worked for the equipment company, I, I worked with and around some awesome people. I mean, some dudes who were students of sales 
who who I learned so much from. And the one book that you know the my kind of mentor in you know in that gave me Jeffrey Gittimer's Sales Bible, like the first edition of it, the hardcore you know the hardcover one, like the first one. And I mean that's one that's still I mean it's on my mantle above my fireplace in my house, and I still thumb through that. You know, not every week, but a couple yeah. times a month for sure. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, I, and sometimes I'm looking for something specific. I'm like, oh, what, what, you know, what was that thing? You know, or sometimes I'm just kind of thumbing through it and something will kind of stick out and pop up. But the Jeffrey Gittimer books, like those have always been ones like those are always my fallbacks. Like, you know, people, you know, a lot I've of times I've never heard of me, his like, books before. I'm going to yeah, check those out. Dude, I'll let you borrow it. I have them all. You can, you, can, you can borrow as many or as few of those as you want. Um, but they're good. I mean, they're good. I mean, they're, they're short, simple, to the point. Um, like super applicable, like sales stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're they're super good. So what? Let's let's pivot back to uh, Stack Rock Group. How yeah. did that all come together? Okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll finish the rest of this stuff super fast. So no, ended, ended up going to work for a, you know an HVAC contractor. Um, you know, was networking hard. You know, calling all the all the right people, doing all the right stuff. Landed them a huge, huge, huge negotiated project. And for contractors, like landing that negotiated project, that's that's the white way. That's the one that you know they don't have to hard bid against their competitors. Uh, it's just one where where the the whoever the client is knows that you know this contractor has the value, and they know that you know what not not whatever the price, but like we trust you enough that we're just going to figure this thing out together. What it's going to cost, what your scope of work is going to be, and we're going to sign the contract and we're going to go. And that's that. That's what contractors want is negotiated yeah. like that project. Yeah, like yeah, I said, yeah. not where they're hard bidding it against you know their competitor. Do you think real quick on that? Yeah. Do you think in our market now that's becoming an issue because everybody wants the cheapest price as prices are rising? They're like, well, and, that, and that's and that's a funny price. thing is and, and this is conversations I have all the time with people. You know, everybody thinks they're going to get the best, and I'm making air quotes when I say this, the best price <laughs> because you're going to hard bid it against three other three like three of their competitors. You're not. You're very often very or very infrequently. Are you going to get the best price that way? Mm-hmm. On the front on the front end, it may look like it, but because when those contractors are bidding stuff, they're looking for ways to, ch- you know, change order stuff. And down the road, like if if there's a hole in the plans or something's not you know super tight and right, they're gonna, they're going to change order you down the road. And ninety nine percent of the time, that super cheap price on the front end ends up costing you way more on the back end. Mm-hmm. And I and, and we've seen that. You can for see years, it way too much. Yeah, way too much. And so with with the vast majority of our clients and some of the stuff's kind of out of our hands. If it's a commercial project where, you know, we're working for an architect who's working for a developer or as a general contractor on board, like we have zero to do with like the, the, yeah, yeah. the selecting contractors. <laughs> but when we, but a lot of times we do, you know, we have corporations we work for and, you know, homeowners and developers and people where, where we have a ton to do with selecting the contractors. And, and we always tell those guys and, you know, those folks, let's, let's interview some contractors and find out mm-hmm. who you like the best, who you feel like you could work with the best and then negotiate the price and the scope with them. And because, that's the networking part that you ab- are just abs- absolutely. so good at. Cause yeah. Cause once, you know, once a contractor knows, okay, cool, this is my project. They're going to work way harder for that owner to, you know, make it, it right to make whatever. Cause, yeah. Cause it's construction issues come up. Like it can be the most simple looking thing and the chances of something coming up are so great. <laughs> yep. and, and, and if that contractor had to hard bid that, and, and some issue comes up, cool, that's going to cost you. Mm-hmm. And where if they've been on the team for the get and, and they, yeah, they're just way more often than not that I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, this thing came up and we just fixed it already. It's not even a problem. Yeah. You know, and, and it just made, yeah. So on it makes the, front, the process so much makes it so much better. So um, landed a big job yeah, at the yeah, HVAC company. Yeah, landed them a huge, huge project, all negotiated. Uh, I was on top of the world, man. And when I went to work for these guys, you know, they had told me that, um, 
yeah, you know, you, you know, you get in here and do all the right things, you know, and, and work hard and, you know, we're going to give you a piece of the company and you can have ownership and all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, that's, I mean, perfect. You know, I mean, big time commission, you know, talking, you know, like double digit commission mm-hmm. stuff. And so I land a big project like this, man. I'm like, yes, dude, this I'm, feels good. I'm buying this boat, man. <laughs> yep. And turns out I didn't buy the boat. Turns out I didn't end up um, um, owning any of that company. Uh, within a few weeks of landing that huge project, they laid me off out of nowhere. Because, well, we have all this work now, so we don't really need marketing anymore, man. Sorry. You know, it's just not working out. Yeah. So that sucked, you know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was, I mean, I was on top of the world, and then literally within days, dude, I was down in the dumps because I just got laid off. Wow. Um, so yeah, so that sucked. Um, went from there. And so to kind of go back to how Stackout Group started, when I was at the equipment company, I was selling and renting a lot of construction equipment to my now business partner, Will. He worked for a landscape contractor. Okay. It wasn't his, wasn't his construction company. He didn't own it. Um, you know, he, he was, he, he was kind of the main dude where, you know, he ran crews and he did all the estimating and a lot of the project managing. Um, and, and he's in, his name's Will and he's, um, you know, my business partner now, and he's one of those dudes where, you know how you, sometimes you meet somebody and you just kind of instantly become friends. Yep. That was him and I. Just connect. Like we just like, instantly connected. Like, are we best friends now? Yup. Yep. You know, and, and <laughs> so friends forever. Totally. And so for, you know, a lot of years, I mean, and, and, and it, it literally happened like over a bunch of years, like we sat around and we're like, dude, what if, what if, cause he was, he was, yeah. what if we, what if we start a landscape architecture firm where, cause he, he, as you know, when I first met him, he was working for the landscaping company but was still going to school to become a landscape architect. Because okay. a landscape architect, you know, just like an architect, you have to have the education, and then you have to have, you Isn't know... Isn't it years and pa- years? Yeah, yeah, you have some experience and pass tests and do a bunch of stuff. And he was working through all of that. And, uh, you know, and so he sat for a lot of years, and over a lot of years, you know, we had talked about that. Like, yeah, what if, you know, we start a landscape architecture firm where, mm-hmm. you know, me, like, I'm the marketer, like, I'll do all the stuff that's not landscape architecting, mm-hmm. and then... I'll him, get the business. Yeah, I'll, yeah. You, and then... You and, do it. Yeah, and then he the can business. be the talent, you know, the landscape architect. Because... Mm-hmm. In, in our, you know, in, in the educational tract of, you know, architecture, engineering, construction management, they don't talk about marketing. They don't talk about sales. They don't talk about managing a business. Yeah. But so many folks who have that education end up, you know, trial by fire, learning how to market, how to manage a business, how to do all those things because they have to, because they work for, you know, some company and decide, I don't want to work for this company anymore. And yeah. then them and a couple of their buddies, you know, start their own, you know, construction company or their yeah. own fencing company or their own landscape architecture firm or whatever. And then they're like, all right, cool. We've got this company now. Now what? You know, where does work come from? Shit, I don't know. Do you know anybody? Kind of. And they start calling some people and, you know, and it, and it builds. Yeah. Hopefully builds. And it takes a long, long, long time, you know, to just sort of organically build that way. And and we had this crazy thought that, you know, what if we start Stackout Group and me as the marketer, like, I'll go do all the stuff he didn't want to do. Because mm-hmm. even to this day, Will... If I'm like, hey, man, we're going to go make some cold calls today, like he'll throw up in his mouth a little bit and like turn white and be like, oh, dude, don't make me. Please yeah, don't make please me. Don't yeah, don't, 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 like please don't do it. It's like a joke. I'm, you like make him do it. So I, like. I, I do. It's, <laughs> and it's really fun for me. You know, but, but at the same time, I can't sit in front of a computer all day because I yeah. get the same feeling. Like, I, like I'm an outside cat like that. Like, and, and, I, and, and that's why like we're like such the good yin and yang there because I can do all the stuff that he can't do, doesn't want to do. And he does this stuff that I can't do that I don't want to do, mm-hmm. you know, but we come together and... You know, we've we've done some pretty Match serious. Ser- seriously, we've done some pretty serious stuff. I mean, our our firm we started in 2012, uh, so we're coming up on our seventh year in business. Okay. And we we have done projects uh, that there's firms that are 20, 30 years old that would murder to have. 
Oh, and, totally. And, and, and like what you said, you're going global yeah, potentially, yeah. you know, this year. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's, you know, because of a number of reasons. <clears throat> yeah. We sell and market really hard and really well, but Will and his design team are awesome. And I mean, they, I mean, yeah, we're kind of known because of like the marketing part of it for sure. But if the work's not good, the marketing doesn't matter. Exactly. You know, and, and you've so gotta, you've got to yeah. come through on the back so end. So it's such a good, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm out there making promises all day long of, you know, timelines. Yeah, we can do this and we can do that. And they deliver and <laughs> yeah. they always do. And they've never fallen flat, you know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and there's sometimes where I'm talking to people like, oh yeah, no, this, you need to plan this Friday. Oh dude, totally. Oh yeah, we got If this. that's what's going to take to get your work, man. Yeah. You know, we can do <laughs> get that. Get back to the office. Will, we got to do this. Yeah, dude, you guess what, man? You guys got to do this by Friday. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> but it gets done and, it, and it's right and it's good and you know the client's stoked and we move on and that one project then you know turns into two three four five ten more yeah when you do a good job yeah, and all that absolutely. so with stack rock group yep. um what are some of the tactics that you've transitioned in the last let's say three to five years when it comes to marketing your business on social media i know you've shared a few really cool stories with yeah me and we can get into that yeah. but where did you start with it when did you notice it when did you see the effect of the benefit of being present online? Sure. I guess? So when Will and I started Stackout Group, and we, we had no money. You know, I mean, we had less than any money, honestly. And so we had to figure out a way for people really, really fast, to, you know, to know, and a lot of people fast, to know that we were a company, that we were around. Yeah. And, you know, I was, you know, personally on Twitter. I had done some, you know, Twitter stuff for, you know, one of the contractors I worked for. And, you know, I, I had a LinkedIn profile for a long time from back at the equipment company. And, you know, I knew that, you know, so, you know social media is free. Mm-hmm. Like, well, let's just start pumping social media. Let's make every connection we can. Just start putting stuff out there, you know, talking about why we're doing what we're doing, how we're doing what we're doing. And, you know, start talking just about the problems that we're solving for people. Yeah. Because, I mean, I mean, we're not the only landscape architecture firm around. But And you but, say that and it's you're the only one that I know about. Right. Exactly. That's and that's and probably even the greater Northwest right. for that matter. Dude, I have people all the time and it's so funny. Like I've had like so many people ask me, dude. So you guys are the only landscape architecture firm in Boise, right? And of course, I was I'm like, yep, <laughs> yeah, of course yeah, we, we are. are. Yeah, 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 we're, yeah, nobody like no us. No competition. Yeah, none. Yeah, but yeah, that's not true. I mean, we and we have some fantastic competitors, some people that I you know know and love. But but yeah, so we, yeah, so we decided really early on that you know we we don't have money to spend, mm-hmm. and, you, and and for you know for me to. And, and I did a ton of this too, where, you know, I mean, I literally, I mean, I was out selling Stackout Group from day one, like my life depended on it because it did. Because it did. Because it absolutely did. So I was pumping social media. I was, you know, I mean, I was blowing up LinkedIn, you know, and, and, and not just randomly, but, you know, coming up with them, you know, some ideas yeah, of some stuff a, like. A smart strategy. Totally, it's not yeah. just like, and, oh. Yeah. 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 Here's a thing or whatever, you know, buy my stuff. Yeah. Nobody wants article. to hear buy my stuff. Yeah. You know, it, 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 so it's always been, you know, identify a problem. And talk about how we can, will, have solved that problem. And just by doing that on all these different social media platforms, people have found us. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they continue to find us. We were not in business for, we were maybe in business for two years. And, you know, we'd been, you know, talking about, you know, why we're doing what we're doing, the problems we're solving on Twitter. And we were at the office one Saturday morning. And this is not, our very first office is right across the street from where we are now in the A Street Marketplace. But we were, we were in an office literally smaller than your conference room right here. No way. Yes. A couple I mean, cubes. And- seriously. And, and at one point there were five of us working in an office smaller <laughs> this than big. this. Seriously. <laughs> it was hilarious. And, and it was stinky and it was loud. And the dude that owned the building like still makes fun of us for that. Like, <laughs> but yeah, man, that's, that's what we were doing. But anyway, but so we were, we were there working. It was me, Will and, and Buster that, who, who's one of our partners now, Buster. Um, we're, we're in there on a Saturday you know, because we were super lucky and fortunate and had some projects and had some proposals to write and all this stuff. 
and and we'll still do. I mean, like I've said forever, like you know, there's no TGIF, man. It's like every day is a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Like every day is a Tuesday. It's not Monday because Mondays suck. Nobody likes Mondays. It's not Friday because everybody's getting into the weekend, and it's not the weekend because nobody works on the weekend. Like it's always Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Like every day for us is a Tuesday. Like we work every day. Yeah, every day. I mean, especially this time of year when there's stuff to do, we work every single day. Like every day is a Tuesday. Guys, listening to this podcast, take notes on that. <laughs> it doesn't matter what day of the week it no. is. It's a work day. It, you Seriously. need to be efficient. You need to be effective. If you have dreams and goals that you want to achieve, you need to be doing something yeah. every day to get yeah. there. Yeah, and, 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 and we were kind of living that before Gary Vaynerchuk was out saying, you know, if you're living for vacations in the weekend, your shit's broken. <laughs> like, we, yeah, I mean, you guys we, were, we were living it. that before he said that. Yeah. And, and, and I know, I mean, I've lived it, man. I know it's true. I mean, if you work super hard every single day, all day, I mean, sometimes, you know, it might take a couple months. It might take a couple years. But you'll get to where you want to go. I mean, if you put the work in and the time and, I mean, bust your ass and just do the do the right things over and over and over again, you'll get to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just like fitness. You know, you don't you don't get super in shape by working out for 10 hours, of, you know, once. It's, it's the greatest yeah. analogy with it totally that is, is fitness. It, it totally fitness is. and eating healthy, you know? Yep, yep. <laughs> Which are two things that I dabble in. Yeah. <laughs> fitness and eating healthy. <laughs> I like to do both, but I like to do the opposite of those things a lot too. Yeah, right. If you work out for an hour, you can drink beers and eat cheeseburgers <laughs> exactly. for an hour, right? Exactly. exactly. Good trade-off. Yeah. yeah. So in the office but, on a Saturday. Yeah, in the, in the office on a Saturday, I get a direct message to Twitter. It's a dude who, I mean, it was one of the most unassuming Twitter accounts ever. I mean, he didn't, you know, he had the egg as his photo. Didn't even have a photo of him in there. No way. Yeah, and you know, he had, you know, was following, you know, less than a hundred people. Had like eight followers himself. And so I, I had never even paid it. I, Immediately, you're like, write it off. Yeah, whatever, it's, whatever. It's some spam account right, or, yeah. or whatever and it I, is. And I'd look through our follower list once in a while and seen it. I'm like, yeah, dude, that's somebody that started an account that decided they didn't want to be on Twitter or didn't get it. <laughs> Twitter doesn't work, so yeah. I'm not going to do it anymore. <laughs> and, and get this message from him. Hey, I just bought a golf course. Are you guys interested? Like, was the message. It's like, huh. So I, you know, look at it again, you know, I mean, there's no website, there's, you know, I think, I, I, I don't even remember, I don't even think he had like a description of like what he did or who he was or whatever, it's just really? his name. Just it was just name. his name. So I Googled his name and, oh, there's no way it's this dude. There's no way it's this dude. Big time developer, uh, restaurant guy from Palm Springs, California. I'm like, there's no way it's that dude. No way. No way. So, you know, we kind of look, you know, me and Will and Buster look at it a little bit and then, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes go by and... Uh, messenger back. I'm like, yeah, man, tell me more. You know, who, who is this? Yeah. And he spells it out. He's like, yeah, this is who I am and what I do. I just bought this distressed golf course and I want to add a bunch of stuff to it and I, I need help. And I've been following you guys on Twitter and I like what you do. And I know you guys are young and hungry and I need somebody to make this happen. Can you be here in Palm Springs on Monday? This is Saturday. <laughs> and so we're like, um, well, not Monday, but how about Tuesday? Yeah. You know, he's like, cool. So he wired his money and we bought tickets and we went there. Wow. And, and yeah. And so, yeah. So really early on, I, you know, figure out that, yeah, this there's some social thing. proof there this, that this, this, this that thing does there's work. something, there's yeah. legs there. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. And, that, and that's a dude that we've done a number of projects for over the years. Um, we're still, I mean, we're buddies still, you know, that's He's, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, we, so we, we helped, yeah, we helped him rehab a golf course, helped him plan a new clubhouse, you know, a new restaurant, all, you know, all this stuff on this property that he bought. That's so interesting. So how, what is the crossover between like typical architecture and landscaping architecture? Is it, I mean, not that much. I mean, structural engineering and architecture is different than let's design right. this place outside. To- totally. Solely. So, I mean, we, you know, we, we, a lot of our clients are architects. I mean, architects for the most part, you know, want to focus on a building, you know, they're, they're trained to, you know, about 
you know, building details and how the building is going to be. And, you know, a lot of architects then, they don't want to deal with what's outside of the building. Yeah. And those are the ones that we like, where we can work, you know, really closely, really collab collaboratively with and figure out, you know, how does this landscape work and play and interact with the building mm -hmm. you know but some architects they just want to do a building and put it as little plant life just as much asphalt and as few plants as they can you know the very you know the bare minimum the city wants and go and that's cool you know we have client we have clients like that and that's yeah. fine and you know those little projects for us are quick and easy and we we're really efficient and can do those fast yeah but you know our favorite you know some of our favorite projects are ones where you know we're working with a really cool architecture firm you know team of architects who yeah, they want to design a cool building, you know, for people and want the land, everything outside the building to complement and enhance what they're yeah. doing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's super fun. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we work really closely with a lot of architects. That's awesome. I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, there's architecture firms around this country we work with, that's you know, so not, crazy. not just here in, in Boise. Idaho. <laughs> and, Going global. Right. I mean, I mean, we, I mean, we, I mean, we're, we're different from other landscape architecture firms for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, one being, you know, early on we decided, you know, uh, we're going to, so many of, and, and this is not like a, a put down whatever to other, anybody yeah. at all. A lot of our competitors are old, like yeah. they're, they're old yeah. and they don't use technology. They don't like technology. They have fax machines. And we decided really on, really early on that one of our big things is going to be technology. Mm -hmm. Like we're going to find the best technology. We're going to learn how to use it and we're going to deploy it. And, and we're going to out hustle everybody. And by doing those things. I mean, we has really allowed us to be super different from a lot of our competitors. That's really that's really yeah. fascinating because I know that over the some stuff that we've done together, yeah, um, you've blown my mind yeah. with with the visuals and the the renderings and just yep. the way it's presented yep. is very efficient. Yes, you know, it's not like you need to send me over a thumb drive with it. Like it's just it's presented very it's well. Century, and it's man. quick. We can't and do it online. I mean, fast. like our proposals. Like we don't send you a, a proposal, you know, via PDF that you have to print out and sign and scan back in and send back. It's all electronic. I mean, you can docusign any of our proposals from your phone, from your laptop, from your iPad, from your Surface Pro. Whatever. And that's changed how you've been able to do business. Absolutely, and in the efficiency so and the amount of business you. Can oh, do. dude! I mean, back in the day, I mean, just like everybody, you know, we would, you know, we wrote, come up with a, you know, a, a proposal template that we had in you know, in design and, and every single proposal we had to, you know, go in and, you know, manually write somebody's name, you know, five different places on this proposal <laughs> and, you know, make sure the address was right. Because everybody that's done a proposal this way has fucked it up where they send the proposal with the right person's name in almost all of the spots, but not in the one last spot where it probably should super need <laughs> to, be. to be. And like, hey man, I'm not Jenny. Yeah. Like, no, I know you're not Jenny, dude. Sorry. So do you just I use the same it. Yeah. So you just use the same proposal over and over? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. You know, and, and it took a few times of us doing that. Like, we've got to find a better way. Yeah. A better, faster, more efficient way. And we found an awesome, better, faster, more efficient way that only makes, you know, writing proposals easier. It tracks them. I mean, I mean, I can I can get on my laptop and I, or my, my iPhone right here and I can know if somebody's looking at any of our proposals right now. And so if there's somebody looking at one of my proposals right now, I'm going to call them. Hey, man, you, how, how's it going? You, you, you get that proposal? Yeah, yeah, I'm actually looking at it. Cool. What, what kind of questions can yeah. I answer for you? You know, and, and that makes closing those super easy. And then once they are closed, it's got all the metrics and all the stuff you would want where it'll, you know, tells us, you know, we can break it down by day, week, hour, month, year, quarter, you know, five years, however long wow. we want. Like, here's how many we wrote in this, you know, specified period of time. Here's what the dollar value was of all those ones we wrote. Wow. Here's how many we closed. Here's how many are still pending. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I mean, there's no reason for us to not super follow up on everything because all the information is right there. That's it crazy. Is killer. It is killer. Well, Christian, 
Thanks for being on the Yes Show today. You, yeah, man. You've blown it up. <laughs> happy happy really, to do it. really excited to uh, get this out and publish to everybody. Right on. But before we close out for the day, I have to ask you the three yes questions. Okay, I'm ready. What is your morning routine like? So over the years, my morning routine has changed. Um, the last, you know, year-ish, um, I, I've, I've really kind of got it dialed in. So I, I've... Like, like we talk about, like fitness and eating right has always been, you know, an important thing to me, but with, you know, everybody who's building a business, doing this stuff knows that like, it's kind of hard to find time for that stuff. You've got to sacrifice somewhere. Right, right. And, and so what I, so what I've done, I've built a pretty kick-ass gym in my basement. And so, so, so instead of spending the 10 or 15 minutes to drive to the gym, to drive home, you know, to get my gym clothes, yeah, to get my gym clothes on or whatever. Cause I, you know. I worked out at the gym, you know, for most of my life and I, you know, and I would always kind of laugh at the dude who like literally looked like he just rolled out of the rack. Like this dude was asleep <laughs> three minutes ago. Like I didn't want to be that dude. So I yeah. tried to kind of look, you know, semi-presentable and it's still, you know, 5am or whatever. Um, but, but now with, you know, what, with, you know, kids and, you know, and all the stuff, like I don't, I, I can't, like, I just can't get up in the morning and go to the gym and be gone. 30 and, minutes. And, and, yeah. And, and yeah, cause yeah, between driving there and driving home, that's an extra 30 minutes and and I know for me, the way I live and what I do, if I don't work out in the morning, it's not going to happen. Like okay. if it's not done, like I'm not an afternoon guy, I'm not going to do it at lunch because I'm going to be at lunch with clients or I'm just going to be at my desk and I'm going to work and I'm going to do stuff. And even though I know I should probably go do this, I'm, I know I'm not going to. So for me, if I don't work out first thing in the morning, it doesn't matter if it's Monday or Saturday or Sunday, whatever the day of the week, if I don't do it in the Monday or in first thing in the morning, it's not happening. Doesn't get done. So I've done everything I can to make it super, super easy for me to work out in the morning. I get up. I don't even put shorts on, man. I go straight downstairs. I, I bought a, you know, the, the Concept 2 rowing machine. I row oh, for nice. a while. I've got a, a you know, really good rack and, you know, I mean, I've got a full gym set up in my basement. So I get up in the morning and that's the first thing I do. I go straight downstairs and I work out. I do that. I come upstairs. I do the dishes, uh, you know, just empty the dishwasher. What time do you, you get know, up? 5 a.m.? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right at 5. Alarm set for 5. And then I've got... Um, my alarm, my next alarm is set for seven thirty. At seven thirty, I get in the shower so that I can at eight o'clock. Then I can get the eight year old up. So is that kind of your time from from five until seven thirty? Is your yes. is Christian time? Yes. Yeah, and, and 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 getting my workout in is is the biggest part of that. Do you read in the morning? No. No. Nope. I mean, you know, a lot. Of, everybody says you should read the morning and journal and do all that stuff. I can't read in the morning. I, I can't fall either. back asleep. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And for me, yeah. I mean, I get up. I you know take my vitamins. Get a little. Uh, um, you know, pre-workout in me and just kind of get woken up and, and I, and I work out. Yeah. Cause, cause that's, I mean, that's the time that I, you know, I listen to podcasts time that I, you know, really can think about stuff during the day while working out. Cause I don't have any, I don't have, I mean, with kids and, you know, employees and clients and stuff. I mean, that's my only time of the day. Your day is putting out fires that, technically. Seriously. That part in the morning where I'm working out, that is literally, that will be the only time during the day I'm alone. Mm-hmm. The only time. Yeah. Because, I mean, we have, we have a four-month-old baby. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I'm, <laughs> I'm literally never alone. And so that – so I've got to get up and do that before anybody at my house is up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like I said, if I'm going to work out in the morning, man, that's that's when it's going to happen. It's kind of the biggest thing yeah. of, your, of your daily yeah. routine yeah. morning time. And, and sometimes I work out super hard and sometimes I don't. You know, sometimes, you know, I'm hungover or I'm tired or I'm just super not feeling it. But – I'll do the best I can. Yep. And then at least feel good about doing something. Yep. You know? Yep. Yeah, because if I don't that do it in the morning, it's, it's just it's just not going to happen. I like that. Yeah. Okay, number two. If, uh, if you had to go on a weekend getaway, let's say, you know, up in the mountains or whatnot, what yep. three people would you take with you and why? My lady and my two kids, without a doubt. Because those uh, are my three favorite people in the world who I don't get to see nearly enough. 
Um, I live with them, obviously. Yep. Uh, we're in the same, you know, building house together a lot, but most of the time that we're together, man, we're sleeping. Like, yeah. you know, I, you know, I get up early, I go to work, you know, the eight year old's at school, Erica's doing her thing, you know, the baby the is newborn. just, is just being a baby, yep. you know? So yeah, so if I can get a weekend to get away, man, I'm taking those three people without a doubt. That's I mean, awesome. Without, without even thinking about it. That's awesome. And I know professionally, you know, it'd be good to, you know, take Elon Musk or somebody, but you know, no. You, I would take those three people I love that. every time. That's one of the best answer we, answers we've ever had. I like that. Um, last question. Audience, thanks for being around today. And uh, if you had some wise words or a question of the day for those out there listening that you could get them thinking or even maybe what their favorite candy bar is, yeah. what do you want to leave the, the audience with today? I mean, I would leave people with, you know, obviously, you know, your audience is, you know, entrepreneurs, people are thinking about being entrepreneurs, you know, just people in business. I mean, the question that you've got to answer is, you know, what am I, you know, what problem am I solving for my clients? I mean, that that's one thing that I come back to. I mean, if you look at our, you know, our, our, our stack, our group, Instagram or whatever, that's something that I come back to all the time. I mean, it's easy to get off, you know, to get off that track and just like get in the, you know, in the habit of just, just doing projects and, you know, on Instagram, just showing stuff we've done, stuff we've yeah. built. And that's cool. And that's, you know, a credibility thing where people have to see that. But, like, I'm right now back in that trend where I'm trying really, really hard right now to show how we're solving problems. Yeah. And the more, and, and I know this in business, it, the more you can, th- you know, figure out what problems your clients have, potential clients have, and how to solve them and, and, and tell them that, mm-hmm. like, you're going to have more business. It, it, it doesn't matter what kind of business you're in. I love this because that's that was one thing that I learned in college. Yeah. Taking an entrepreneurship degree yep. was how to solve other people's problems. Totally. That's I mean it's that simple yeah. in ways. And and it, and it's so funny. I mean I mean you know how people all the time you know come to me about you know I want to start a biz or whatever and I'm doing this thing and you know I want to be a photographer or whatever. I'm like all right cool like who are your clients? Well, you know, anybody that needs a picture of, of something or themselves. I'm like, eh. That's not that's not gonna work, man. You know, yeah, because everybody's got a phone. Like everybody can take that photo themselves. Yeah. So you've got to come up with the, with more than Detailed. that. Like you've got to you know figure out, you know, do you want to take photos of things or people or both or whatever? And if you know if you are a budding photographer, like you know, do you want to take headshots? Cool. Find a you know a bunch of busy law firms who, you know, don't who who definitely you know or engineering firms or architecture firms who need better photos and what they're gonna take with their own phones. Yeah. But don't have you know the expertise to you know use Photoshop to make it to look exactly it or exactly. all of that. Yeah. I just like that. figure out who who your clients are and what problems are solving for them. Well, Christian. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. Absolutely. For coming like, on thanks. the show. Anytime, anytime. And we might have to do a follow-up. Okay. Really yeah, good. yeah. I, I, mean, I didn't even get all the way through a lot of stuff, man. We could, I know. Yeah. We could just piggyback we this. We could do this all day. Where is the best place for people to find you, to reach out to you? Sure. What are kind of some I'm, easy I'm, ways? I'm pretty easy to find. So my name, Christian, is spelled K-R-I-S-J-A-N. Um, my last name is Heiner, H-I-N-E-R. Um, it's at Christian Heiner on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. Um, I don't think there's anyone else named uh, Christian Heiner on LinkedIn that I found. So if you search my name, like, you're, you're going to find me. I have my own website, ChristianHeiner.com. You can always find me on that. Um, you know where I just try to, and, and I'm not super good at it. I mean, I have a lot of ideas, but you know, not a lot of time. So only enough time to execute. What it, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I've got some fun stuff on there. You know, some entrepreneurial stuff and some other stuff. But you know, in, in, Instagram right now is probably the best place to find me and connect. I mean, shoot me a DM or whatever, and I'll you know I'll respond to anybody. So, cool. Yeah. Awesome, Christian. Well, thank you so much. Absolutely, Blake. Thanks, man.